Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With the national TV audience watching, the Bears hosted the Eagles on Monday night as John Fox and company look to get 2016 back in the win column and give Carson Wentz his first NFL loss. Did the Bears make it happen? Or is it time to start panicking? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week two review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. You know, I was hoping deep down inside that when I woke up this morning, it would have all been a terrible dream. It would have been Monday morning. I'd have been ready for work and then come home and watch the actual game as opposed to the nightmare that took place on Monday Night Football. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week two review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And guys, gals, the few of you that do actually listen, if you are out there. Oh, God, it's going to be a long year. It is going to be a long year, man. Oh, I mean, it just, uh, I mean, we thought the second half against the Texans was bad. Um, Yeah, this did not, uh, this did not help you dissuade any bad feelings or any doubts that you had or, or anything like that. This was like watching Kansas City the the dress rehearsal game all over again where just like nothing good happened you know aside from our touchdown drive the rest of it was a flash here and there but for the most part it was just a real a lot a lot of bad football uh played by our uh by our beloved and all around for the most part i mean there are a few people um you know that we're going to talk about this week that did a good job but for the most part, it was it was a living nightmare watching that game uh, last night. So knee-jerk reactions are going to be interesting, and uh, we'll have our bear-up-and-bear-down list. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to have any honorable mentions or anything like that. It was pretty much either you sucked or you didn't on Monday night, and there, there's a whole lot of suck to go around, that's for sure. But uh, I narrowed it down to, a, to a, you know, specific people that I wanted to talk about uh, after this uh, this took place yesterday. So it was, uh, yeah, not a good night to be a Bear fan. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, yeah, I mean, you all watched it. I mean, it was it was horrendous. You know, the, the way that, uh, you know, second week in a row, um, over, I think they said over 10 minutes time of possession, difference between the Eagles having the ball and the Bears having it you know never established a rhythm on offense again defense couldn't get off the field 
you know, Carson Wentz looked like Tom Brady out there, just, you know, throwing the ball all over the place. His receivers are wide open, you know, things like that. It was just, uh, you know, I wrote some notes uh, today, and, and the final note on the sheet that I wrote was, uh, here, let me pull it up real quick. It said, um, out we went, we were outplayed and outcoached for the second week in a row, and I honestly never thought that would be possible with this coaching staff. Outplayed? Maybe. Every now and then, you get on the field with somebody who's just more prepared or they have your number or whatever. So sometimes you're going to get outplayed. That's how you lose football games. But outcoached? Outcoached? I, I never thought that would be possible with the, 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 the level of experience and just the level of skill that we have on our own coaching staff. You know, with, with, the, with the talent that we have on defense now or the talent that we acquired uh, in the offseason – uh, and everything, and Vic Fangio giving him some weapons to play with on that defensive side for it to uh, for it to not be far behind the offense as far as ineptitude is uh, it's shocking. It, it really is, and um, you know I I don't know where we go from here. And and the the uh, the worst thing about it is we got 15 more weeks of this. You know we got a bye week in there to cushion it a little bit, but we got 14 more games. Uh, to suffer through and uh, you know it, it's it, you know it's hit the panic button it, it is time absolutely you know I know it's we're only 0-2 we still have 14 games left and I hope that when we get to January 1st we can look back on this beginning of the season and laugh I really do I hope so but um, you know nothing that we've seen not a thing that we have seen uh, would indicate that that's uh, uh, a possibility uh, for this team so uh, not to mention that um, we <laughs> we went into the game with one person on the injury list, and that was Kyle Fuller, uh, and we left the game with about seven or eight on the injury list, and uh, a few of them are, are done for significant amounts of time and or the season. So we have that fun uh, to discuss uh, as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's the, the news has been scattered throughout the day as test results and MRIs and everything come in. Uh, we've lost Lamar Houston for the season. Uh, he blew out his ACL uh, last night. Uh, Danny Trevathan uh, injured his thumb to the degree that he will require surgery. They say it's not season-ending, but who knows how long he's going to be out. Uh, Eddie Goldman went down with a high ankle sprain. They're talking maybe four weeks for Eddie Goldman. Uh, we also lost Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan to concussions last night. Kadeem Carey went down with a hamstring. And uh, am I missing anybody? Oh, yeah, our quarterback, uh, Jay Cutler, who apparently injured his thumb against the Texans last Sunday, uh, tried to play through it, and I guess re-injured it or re-aggravated it uh, last night, left the game in the third quarter, did not return. Uh, so the regular season debut of Ryan Brian Hoyer uh, took place last night and uh, aside from some crappy throws in the corner of the end zone where he launched one into about the 12th row of the end zone seats um, he actually didn't look too bad you know but then again I guess we were calling plays that were better suited to his skill set the Bears did move the ball a little bit while he was out there but um, you know Remember when I asked Jeff uh, Jeff Dickerson what the over under on Brian Horace starts was going to be? 
we might get our first uh we might get our first uh, start out of Brian Hoyer this week so we'll have to uh to wait and see they officially listed Jay as day to day and have not ruled him out of playing against the Cowboys on Sunday night so we'll have to wait and see so anyway why don't we go ahead and uh dive right into the review of this abomination and uh, talk about the Bears and the Eagles on Monday Night Football for week number two. After week one against the Texans, no, you weren't happy about the way the Bears played, but you know what? The Texans were supposed to be good this year. They already had a good defense. They added a lot of weapons on the offensive side that seemed to do uh, fairly well uh, against the Bears last week. They're favored by a lot of people to, you know, reclaim the crown uh, in the AFC South or repeat as champions, I should say. And, uh, you know, if, if they get a ball to bounce their way once or twice, maybe make a run at this thing in the AFC East, you know, or at least that's the, the hope in Houston anyway. So you, you may have been disappointed but not exactly surprised that the Bears lost uh, to the Texans. But this game, Monday Night Football, where lately, anyway, the Bears have played well. Uh, you got a rookie quarterback in his first national TV uh, appearance. Uh, played against the Browns last week. Big deal. Me and 10 of my closest friends, you give the Browns a run for their money. And, you know, it was, you know, we'll see how it goes. They, they were at home last week. Now they're on the road. The Bears are coming home. Let's see how this all works out. And pretty much from the get-go, it was was pretty bad. It was awful, you know, and uh, it was... uh, (laughs) It was hard to watch, man. From the very beginning, uh, just the ineptitude and, you know, watching watching the Eagles dominate the Bears pretty much from jump and, and watching the Bears stumble and fall all over themselves. I mean, the first two plays of the game, the first two plays of the game where uh, I think Jeremy Langford either was stuffed for a loss or barely got back to the line of scrimmage, and then the second play was like an eight-yard loss on a sack on Cutler when the guy was coming from Cutler's front side. So figure that one out. And then third down was, uh, I think he nearly got it picked off on third down. And then, you know, we punt the ball to Wentz, who held on to the ball for seven and a half minutes, got it in our, inside our red zone and kicked the field goal. So, uh, yeah, that kind of sums up the first quarter. But uh, let's hear what I had to say in that first quarter. Knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Eagles. And if uh, we thought it was bad against Houston, it's looking worse against the Eagles. I mean, the first drive of the game, the Bears got the opening kickoff, was an absolute joke. Uh, Langford got stuffed on first down. Cutler smashed into pieces on second down and a ball that almost got picked off on third down. Uh, then the Eagles marched their way 13 plays, six plus minutes. Thankfully, we got them, we shut them down inside the red zone, only gave up a field goal. Uh, <laughs> then the Bears actually put a drive together. The only, the only thing that's got me that, that I'm not optimistic, even though the Bears start the, the second quarter with the football, is that. Every time Jay Cutler has dropped back to throw, he's been under duress. The 
pocket is collapsing all over him to the point where where it was pretty much obvious last week where our deficiencies were on the offensive line. This week, it's hard to tell. It really is. Um, you know, I don't know if sitting in long or being overwhelmed or if I don't know what's going on, but the pack, the, the pocket is collapsing around Cutler. It's ridiculous. I mean, he has no time to throw the ball. He, and, and if he does throw the ball, it's under duress, so on and so forth. And then to put the icing on the cake, our new kicker, Connor Barth, doinks one off the upright to miss the field goal attempt that would have tied the game. So here we are sitting at three to nothing right now. The Bears have the football getting ready to start their third drive of the game and uh, it has to get better from here because I can't see how it get much worse famous last words as they say you can't imagine how it could get uh, much worse I forgot about that Connor Barth field goal attempt I mean <laughs> just like yeah why not you know the Bears put a decent drive together it stalls out he goes for the field goal banks it off the, the left upright it's like okay great this is why we got rid of Robbie Gold, and here we are. You're doing the exact same thing. So it was uh, that was a nice little kick in the pants uh, when that happened. But back to uh, Cutler being under duress, and what I was saying there was that you know it it you know last week it really looked like the tackles were the real weak links on the offensive line against the Texans. This time they you know. Th- the Eagles were really turning it up a notch as far as they're they're being super aggressive, getting after the uh, getting after the quarterback. It just looked like the, the 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 Eagles were coming in a frenzy, you know. And the offensive line had no idea what to do, uh, just no idea. They were all over the place, and like I said, the pocket was constantly collapsing around Cutler. Say what you will about him being the best. I mean, Stephen A. Smith went on ESPN and said he was the worst in the NFL, which is a gross exaggeration. Jay Cutler, God bless him, not the worst quarterback in the league. I can name about half a dozen just off the top of my head right now that Jay Cutler is better than. He's not the worst quarterback in the league. He's definitely not the best, but he is certainly, certainly not the worst. And, uh, you know, Jay has not gotten, you know, and you guys know I'm no apologist for Jay Cutler, but Jay hasn't exactly gotten the, the the best shake in his career as far as luck is concerned with all the different offensive coordinators and, you know, poor offensive lines in front of him. If he could have had a Tom Brady offensive line in front of him for his entire career, who knows the kind of talent that Jay Cutler would have been able to share. Who knows? So, um, But say what you will about his talent level. Um, nobody should ever question how tough he is you know number one to find out that he had that injury against the Texans uh played with it against the Eagles and then you know stuck around and uh taking the hits that he was taking and and just keep coming back and and uh uh and whatnot it's you feel bad for him you know you, you do or for those two people who have hearts and you know don't hate Jay Cutler and wish him to die a fiery death between now and the next time the Bears take the field but um you know, he really it was he was under duress no matter what, no matter what short pass, long pass, whatever. Um, there was a throw in the second quarter. If he hadn't been under duress and was able to, you know, make the throw, he would hit Alshon Jeffrey in stride for about a 60 yard touchdown pass. But because he was under duress, he had to throw it wildly run about 15 yards away from the line of scrimmage and heave it down the field, and and Alshon had to stop and wait for it, basically, uh, for it to get there. So the first quarter was rough. 
the second quarter we had a little bit of a bright spot for them but for the most part you know the Eagles uh, went into halftime with the lead and and uh, the Bears never really recovered after scoring the touchdown knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Eagles on Monday Night Football and it's a little bit better but um, not much it looked like the defense was really starting to settle in they were really getting after Wentz there uh, early in the second quarter Jarrell Freeman absolutely smashed Wentz on one play like one of those hits where you're surprised the guy got back up that's how I mean it was a solid clean hit too no penalties no nothing he just buried him into the ground Wentz got up Good luck. Good for him. You know, he's, you know, respect the guy who can handle a hit like that and get up and keep on playing. Uh, the Bears had a decent drive. They come down. Um, a big play to Alshon Jeffrey, same as last week, a 49-yard reception to Jeffrey that gets the Bears inside the red zone. Jeremy Langford punches it in from there. The only problem that I had with that drive, and pretty much every drive after it, is that Jay is under duress every single time he goes back to throw the ball. Like, if he wasn't under pressure on the big throw to Alshon Jeffrey, it's a touchdown because Jay is able to step back or to step into the throw, get it down there. Jeffrey was wide open. He put a double move on, on, the, on the corner. He was wide open from the moment that he made his break, and everybody was just chasing after him. Instead, you know, Jay had to throw it off his back foot under duress, so the ball hung up there a little bit, and it was more like um, – uh, Jeffrey having to make a contested catch there uh, in the red zone as opposed to catching the ball in stride for a touchdown. But, um, you know, again, on defense, we're, we're, we're doing the bend but don't break thing. And we're bending on third down because the, the last drive that the that the Eagles had where they got the field goal uh, right before halftime, uh, we gave up a third down. They're converting it and things like that. It's just, it's already old news. It's already getting old watching the Bears fail on third down. Uh, and everything so any other bone that I have to pick is I don't know what the hell we were doing on our last drive before this before the end of the half the Bears got the football with just over two minutes to go we ran one play before the two-minute warning then after that it just looked like we were trying to run out the clock like there was 40 seconds left not a minute and 40 seconds left we give the ball back to Philadelphia they run an actual two-minute offense and end up kicking the kicking a field goal uh, to finish out the half giving them the lead nine to seven so and Philly starts with the football on top of it so I don't know how I feel about this going into the second half. While we have seen good things from the Bears in the second quarter, much better than the first, that's for sure, um, there's still some things that need to be cleaned up, and hopefully they get them tightened up uh, during the halftime adjustments. Uh, the Bears behind 9-7, to and Philly gets the ball to start off the half. You know what? If you thought I was an emotional wreck there, uh, listen to me after the third quarter. The third quarter was an out-and-out disaster. Uh, it started out all right. We shut them down uh, in the in the early going. Uh, we got the football back, but it was all downhill from there. Major reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Eagles, and this game is over. Uh, unless a completely different football team than the one that has played the first three quarters shows up in the fourth, this one is done absolutely done uh the bears come out they have they they get a little something going 
You know, uh, Wentz and the Eagles got nothing on that first drive. The Bears have good field position. We're driving the ball down the field. Cutler gets sacked and fumbles the football, and it's all downhill from there. Um, you know, it's uh, the defense uh, is decimated by injury right now. You know, we don't really have just about anyone left in the secondary. Uh, Callahan is out. Adrian Amos is on concussion protocol. Uh, you name it. Somebody's there. Somebody's banged up. Uh, in and out of the lineup. We lost Lamar Houston to a knee injury earlier in the game uh, and everything else. And um, so the Eagles drive down the field. They put one into the end zone. They're up 16-7. to Very first play of the next drive, Jay throws a pick to... The Eagles, because there was no, I don't know who the hell he was throwing the ball to, because the guy, if he was throwing it to, I think who, who I think he was, he was well covered and it probably would have been picked off him by the guy that defending him. But a linebacker that he didn't see scoops the ball out of the air, gets it down to the two yard line. Eagles put it in the air, uh, put it back in the end zone again. They missed the extra point, so it's twenty-two to seven. And Brian Hoyer's in the game now because apparently Jay Cutler's throwing interceptions because there's something wrong with his hand. Uh, they think it happened when he fumbled the ball in the third quarter on that play he injured his hand and I it, it's possible because he hasn't been throwing the ball worth a damn since that happened so uh, we'll have to see what's what's going on there Hoyer's in the game the Bears have the ball down 22 to 7 and uh, it's going to take a miracle if uh, if the Bears aren't going to choke another vic- uh, choke another loss uh, here in the fourth quarter so uh, I'm so sick of this watching us just suck ass at home it just sucks now before we get to the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction which is just as interesting i promise you um let's just sum up the game okay it was an ugly game pretty much from the absolute beginning the eagle defense was everywhere they played with frenzy they were super aggressive they were flying all over the place and our offensive line just looked overwhelmed as a unit uh, Bobby Massey uh, was atrocious. This is the worst money the universe, the the universe, the organization has spent in a long time, uh, in my opinion. I mean, I was really excited when we got our hands on Massey because he was good in Arizona, not great, but good, and it allowed my, Kyle Long to go back to guard. And so I thought it was a great move. It has not worked out yet. Um, you know, we got the guy for three years, so maybe it will eventually. I mean, it's only week two, but. Um, you know, with, with, with how badly the line was, it was a miracle. Jay didn't get hurt sooner. Uh, one of the things that was especially frustrating was when you heard me talk about in the preview, how the Browns averaged nearly six yards a carry when they ran the football, the bears basically refused to run the football. If it wasn't first down, you know, it's like every time they would run the ball on first down, get half a yard, get two yards, whatever it was. And then they were throwing the rest of the time, you know, almost like they thought it was illegal to throw the football on sec or excuse me, to run the ball uh, on second or third down. That's that's how it would be. You know, um, Alshon, once again, dominant in the first half, you know, seemed to be part of the game plan in the first half and the second non-existent. He virtually disappeared uh, in the second half. Uh, Eddie Royal, on the other hand, has been a bright spot both weeks, last week, this week, uh, you know. He scored a touchdown through the air last week, a punt return for a touchdown this week, had some nice catches uh, in the game uh, as well. Um, We did, on defense, generate some pressure and get some hits, some really nice hits on Wentz too. Uh, But overall, we didn't do anything to rattle him, you know. And granted, 
he seems like the kind of kid he's going to be around for a while if the first two games uh, are any indicator. Um, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders, smart guy, poise, has a good arm. You know, Wentz might be around for a while, but he is still a rookie, and, you know, the speed of the game is supposed to be a little too much for him. The Bears did nothing to try to uh, turn up the heat uh, on him, you know. What was most discouraging was in the second half, um, the Bears looked defeated. They looked beaten. It almost got a sense that they were quitting, where, where at one point they were doing well against the run. Now all of a sudden the Eagles are breaking off chunks, and that's when you know your defense has had enough. You know, It, it also doesn't help that uh, time of possession wasn't uh, just 10 minutes. It was nearly 13 again. Uh, 36.05 to 23.55, so 12 minutes and some change, uh, and uh, there it was again. So nearly another full quarter time of possession for the Eagles over uh, the Bears uh, again uh, this week. So, uh, you know, and it doesn't help that the injury bug came through with a vengeance. Trevathan, Cutler, Callahan, Amos, Goldman, uh, you name it. They all went down, you know. Uh, opponents... This is the the other thing. Opponents just seem to have a gear that the Bears can't seem to find. You know, they can't seem to match our opponent's intensity. You know, you see the Texans being aggressive, getting after the Bears, you know, running all over the place on offense, uh, you know, making things happen on third down. Third down was actually the one promising statistic that we had this week. The Eagles were three for 15 on third down. That's more like it. Uh, the other the thing that, that did uh, was discouraging, however, was they were three for three on fourth down. So take that for what you will. But it just seems like, you know, when whenever the our opponent has to dig day dig deep, you know, they have that fifth gear while the Bears are stuck on fourth. You know, it just seems like every time that uh, it's going to take a little extra effort, our opponent has what it takes to make it happen. Uh, and, and we don't. You know, and, and you, you heard me say before, this year's 0-2 is not like last year's 0-2. After our loss to Arizona last week, after the loss, or excuse me, last year, uh, week two, after our for the you know game one loss against Green Bay, we were in, there was some encouragement there. The defense played a little bit better uh, in the second game, despite giving up a ton of points to the to the Cardinals. We were in it, you know, going into halftime before Jay got hurt and Jimmy Clausen came in and, and you know stunk up the joint. Uh, and, and everything and then of course week three against Seattle the defense really showed up and it wasn't until the special teams kickoff in the second half that uh, you know that things kind of got away from the team but you, you came away from those losses discouraged because we had we went from from last year being a team that was low on talent but high on effort these guys were giving you all that they had every single second of that 60 minutes from the kickoff to the final gun. Those guys were giving you every ounce that they had. So here we go from that football team that was, you know, a Robbie Gold missed field goal here, a flag there, you know, a miscue here from being to going from 6 and 10 to being a 9 and 7, 10 and 6 team. If things just bounced the, the Bears away last year, who knows how that season turns out? You know, if we were a little bit luckier, if we could have eased up on the penalties, you know, things like that, maybe things would have turned out a little bit differently for the Bears last year. However, it didn't. That's why there was so much optimism coming into this season, because where we were deficient, 
Talent-wise, last year we seemed to shore that up in the offseason with Trevathan and Freeman and uh, Akeem Hicks. We drafted uh, Bullard and, uh, you know, we got, you know, Leonard Floyd and so on and so forth. Add Cody Whitehair to the offensive line uh, and what have you. Uh, you know, Bobby Masters to the offensive line, putting Kyle Long back at guard where he was dominant his first two years in the league. And, um, you know, so how do we go from – being a talent, being a team that was that was low on talent and high on effort, to being a t- a team that was supposedly higher on talent and lower on effort all of a sudden. Like I mean, like are are they so arrogant that they think they can just show up and things are going to happen? I mean, are they, are they believing a little bit too much in themselves? I mean, they haven't done anything, not even in the preseason that should uh, make them uh, believe that. You know what I mean? It's just. Uh, it's uh you know it's 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 discouraging and it's it's head scratching you know because as I said before we've been outplayed and outcoached in both games you know and I never thought that would be possible I remember you know vehemently saying at the beginning of uh you know when we when we coached Fox the beginning of last year doing the preview episodes that our days of being outcoached by Mike McCarthy in the Packer games that's over with because we got a coach that's just as good, if not better, than him. And here we are against Doug Peterson and Bill O'Brien, the head coaches for the Texans and Eagles, respectively. And we're getting outcoached on, you know, from pillar to post on, on both sides of the football. We got Vic Fangio on the defensive side. I mean, come on. This is one of the best defensive coordinators in football. And, you know, we couldn't stop a rookie quarterback last night. You know, and who does he really have on, on, you know, on his team? You know, Aguilar, who the hell is that guy? You know, it just, he doesn't really have anybody. And, and you know, they tore us to pieces last night. I mean, it's not like they were prolific, but whatever the Eagles needed to do, they got it done last night. They got it done. So, um, you know, I, I never thought that I would be saying that, that John Fox got out coached, and I certainly didn't think that I would say it two weeks in a row. Um, it's, uh, it's highly discouraging. Uh, to be talking about the team uh, like this, and it's uh, it's demoralizing because you know how excited we were to see this team really get after it and play uh, in 2016, and it's just not happening right now. Just not happening. So the good thing is, depending on how you want to look at it, the good thing is there's still a lot of football left to be played, and uh, it's still very early in the season. This 2-0 and start for the Eagles, you know, could be like the Texans back in like 2011. They started 2-0 and and finished 2-14. and You know, who knows? That's how funny the NFL uh, can be. Remember the Chiefs last year? We played them. Our victory over them made them 1-4. They lost again the week after that and didn't lose a regular season game until this past Sunday. They won 11 regular season games in a row before losing to the Texans yesterday, uh, this past Sunday. So, you know, stranger things have happened. The Bears could put a run together, but nothing that you're seeing from this team would make you believe that uh, at this point. So um, let me go ahead and, and wrap up this uh, review, and uh, here's the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction that I was talking about. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Eagles on Monday Night Football, and uh, we're 0-2. Um, John Fox is 1-8 and eight as head coach at Soldier Field. Uh, for those of you keeping score at home, that is where we play our home games, just in case you didn't know. 
Um, it's, uh, yeah, you know, remember how we were saying that, uh, you know, some of those quote-unquote experts out there were, you know, were being, you know, being haters on the Bears because, you know, leaving the Bears at like 30th in the, in the power rankings and things like that. Yeah, I, I got to believe now that's kind of where the Bears belong. Until we start playing better, uh, that's the Bears are a lower tier, you know, bottom of the rung team right now. That's just how they're playing. Uh, the only highlight of the fourth quarter for the Bears was the, uh, the punt return from Eddie Royal. Um, 65 yards. Uh, made a move, got a wall of blockers in front of him, and uh, you know was able to uh, put it into the end zone. Uh, but the offense was atrocious. Um, you know, again, I talked about it in the preview show. We needed to establish a rhythm, keep our defense off of the field. The Eagles with over 10 minutes of a time of possession advantage over the Bears. So obviously that did not happen. Uh, the offense never got any kind of a rhythm uh, going. Uh, and then in the second half, we started turning over the ball. And uh, it, it all, I mean, Jeremy Langford fumbled at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it was just, it's a mess. We, we, it is time to start panicking. It, it, it officially is. Not because we're 0-2, but because we've looked awful in both of those losses. It's not like we're a competitive 0-2 and we're a, we're a ball bounce here or a penalty there, a call going our way here uh, from being a 2-0 team or anything like that. We're 0-2 and we have played like an 0-2 team. So... And, uh, you know, for the record, it, after the way that we look today, it's probably going to be a while uh, into the season before I pick the Bears to win. I mean, it just – I just don't I'm, – I'm not a believer. I am not a believer at this point. So they're going to have to win me over. Like I was saying in the preseason, they're going to have to convince me to, to pick them. You know, we played Houston tough, had a few things go badly for us. So I thought the Bears would win this game against Philly. I was wrong, and man, was I wrong. And, uh, you know, um, they're going to have to prove me wrong going forward because we do not have a good football team on our hands here, Bear fans. And uh, if these first two games are any indication, even with the second softest schedule in football, we have one of the worst teams in the NFL. <laughs> And as uh, I have put about 24 hours almost between me and those comments, I can't say that I want to back off of them right now. You know, I, I do feel at this point we have one of the worst teams in the NFL. The team that we were afraid that we were seeing in the preseason is still here. You know, the Bears were poised to be one of the worst teams in football as we watched them stumble their way through the preseason. And sure enough, here we are. And again, like I said before, I'm hoping that, you know, when we get towards the end of the season, we can look at back at this 0-2 start and be like, man, wasn't that awful? Thank God we got things turned around and we're actually a decent football team now. We've changed some people's minds. We won some football games and blah, blah, blah. I'm not seeing anything from this team, not to mention that all the people that we need to get us to that point are going to be on the bench for a while. You know, we don't know how long Danny Trevathan is going to be gone. We don't know. We, we at least four weeks we lose Eddie Goldman. 
Cutler is day-to-day, so he may or may not play on Sunday against the Cowboys. Uh, we don't know how long Amos and Callahan are going to be caught up in the concussion protocol, if it'll just be something they can get cleared this week and play, or if they're going to miss Dallas and maybe have to wait for Detroit uh, next week or, or whatever. You know, we've we've lost Lamar Houston, so that's going to kick up Leonard Floyd's uh, play bill. You know, playing uh, playing time, or you know, actually Floyd's been playing quite a bit, so maybe that means more Sam Acho or something. Who knows? But uh, it's frustrating to sit and and watch this team. You know, all the hope and and everything, and and none of us wanted to believe what the experts have been saying. For some reason, they've had the Bears pegged all along. And a lot of us, you know, myself included, thinking that people just, uh, you know, are just down on the Bears. You know, how can you say that after everything that we added? You know, how close we were to winning some football games last year, but we didn't have the talent to bridge the gap between, you know, the, the effort that we were putting forth and getting to a victory last year. It just seemed like if we had a, a playmaker here or there that we wouldn't have been able to to, want to win a few more games last year. And, you know, with Drathan and Freeman and Hicks and uh, and everything that we added to the defensive side of the ball, it's it felt like it should have been something, you know, better than what it's been. Uh, and it's enormously frustrating that it's not. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's heartbreaking is what it is. You know, it's frustrating to have to sit and swallow this pill and uh, – you know, like I said, at the end of the third quarter knee-jerk reaction, I'm tired of watching my team play like this at home. I'm tired of watching us suck at home. And I'm honestly, I am tired of not being confident going into a game anymore. You know, I am tired of not being confident. Um, you know, I'm tired of picking against my team because, you know, the, my, my football spidey senses tell me that they're not going to win. I'm tired of picking against my guys. I really am. You know, and more importantly, I'm tired of being right about picking against my guys. I hate it. I hate that I'm right when I pick against the Bears. And, um, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. You know? <laughs> you know, I'd like a decade of success like they had with Brady. Maybe we don't win the Super Bowl every year. But at least we know we're playing some January football, God damn it. We know it. we're going to the playoffs. So we know that it's uh, going to be us and whoever in the NFC Championship game. Let's do that for a while. You know, and I'm tired of waiting. You know, we got rid of Angelo. We brought in Emery and Tressman. That didn't work. So we bring in Fox and Pace. That's not working. How much more patient are Bear fans expected to be? You know? We're a charter franchise in this league. We're the ones that built this thing from the ground up. We were here from day one, literally day one in the NFL. And yet we're one of the biggest laughing stocks in the league on a regular basis, and I'm tired of it. You know, you think Virginia McCaskey is pissed. So are the fans tremendously. So we need to get it fixed up. So let's go ahead and get this thing wrapped up with everybody's favorite segment here. Bear up, bear down. Bear up and bear down for week two in our loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. And and aren't you just looking forward to watching the Bears get embarrassed on national TV again? Isn't that going to be awesome? 
And then a few weeks later, we get to watch them do it on Thursday Night Football in Lambeau in those horrible Navy uniforms. And then the week after that, we get a 10-day break, and then we get to do it on national TV at home against the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to be awesome, too. So we have three more national TV dates in the next six weeks. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just glad that uh, I don't work with any people that uh, am my new job, people that like to poke and prod over how the Bears are playing right now because I'm sure I would have punched somebody out by now. So, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get through this. Like I said, I'd, I wasn't going to make the list long um for bear ups and bear downs uh this week uh we'll do the bear downs first uh bear down to the entire offensive line uh let's go ahead and sing out bob single out bobby massey um he was not terrible all by himself it's just that when there were glaring mistakes being made it was massey that i noticed was making them you know it was pretty horrible uh and pathetic to watch uh at times uh, for him to be a, just a huge swinging gate. I think somebody posted a meme of uh, like Bobby Massey a day at the office and it was people at a at a uh, you know a Chicago uh, Chicago L station turnstile just you know one one right after another just going right through it uh, kind of thing and that was kind of apropos uh, considering how he played uh, on Monday. Um, but the offensive line as a whole was terrible. I mean we could not run a football against the team that uh, you know, gave up six yards of carry last week to the Browns. Uh, and like I said, every time Jake Cutler went back for a pass, uh, three-step, five-step, seven-step, he had somebody in his face. Um, if they weren't hitting him, they were in his face, and it impeded the way he was throwing the football. And uh, as we know, he was playing with a busted hand uh, to begin with. Uh, bear down to Jay Cutler. Two turnovers, a fumble and a and a same old Jay interception. First one he's thrown in a while. You know, but that was just a pure, stupid, stupid throw. Uh, it wasn't a miscommunication, not like it was last week against the Texans. That one's not necessarily Jay's fault. But this one, this was definitely Jay's fault. Uh, like I said uh, in the, in the knee-jerk reaction, um, if he was throwing it to who I think he was throwing it to, that ball was probably going to get picked off by the guy covering the guy he was throwing it to. But instead, the linebacker kind of came underneath it uh, and picked it off, and uh, that was the end of Jay's night. He left the game after that. So uh, two more turnovers, and, uh, you know, late in the game when the Bears are trying to make a move and you do that, and uh, just no good, no good. Uh, bear down to Connor Barth. This is not why we brought you to town, bro. You can't hook a 31-yard field goal uh, that could have, you know, tied the game early on. Wouldn't have made much of a difference in the scheme of things, but, you know, could have been a confidence builder you never know those those little victories you can't get the ball in the end zone but you got some points on the board that's a successful drive and because of you that drive was not successful and then finally bear down to Dole Loggins not exactly lighting up the world with his play calling and right now he is making the world miss Adam Gase as our offensive coordinator he's been very underwhelming uh in the uh in the play calling department thus far because the Bears seem to be one of the more predictable teams in the NFL considering how easily we're conquered by our defense, how conquered by the defense we play against every week. Um, but m more specifically, this bear down is for the two-minute drill. Uh, yesterday, just before halftime, the Bears get the football. 
not the worst field position in the world. We're we're pinned at our like our own twenty or whatever it was. We're we're on our own end of the field, sure. But we got a hundred. We got a minute forty five to go. I think we had a timeout or two left. Why not try to make a run at this thing? Instead, we got the ball with just two minutes before, with a few seconds before the two minute warning. We run a simple run play to get to the two minute warning, and then after that, we we take another fifteen seconds off the clock and. Like it's no big deal. Like there was 14 seconds left, and we've got the ball until the end, and then we give the ball back to Philadelphia, who, like I said in the knee-jerk reaction, ran an actual two-minute drill and ended up kicking a field goal to take the lead just before halftime. It's like, what were we what were we doing there? You know, we acted like Philly had no timeouts and we were just going to run out the clock instead of trying to make a run at it and get the football down the field, maybe add a field goal, maybe go for a touchdown. Who knows? But it's like... There was no effort, no no attempt at, at trying for the two minute drill there. The Bears just basically just gave the ball back. It, it was it was horrible. I don't know what the hell we were doing there. And that's exactly what the two minute the uh the 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 bear down is for for uh logins. Now, on the positive side, there wasn't much, but these three guys I think were were worthy of it. Number one, Alshon Jeffrey, bear up to Alshon. We gotta get him more involved in the sixty minute process of the football game because he was you know when we get involved early on in the game boy he's all over and they can't stop him you know and shouldn't it be the other way around where, where he's tough to get involved in the football game because they know we're going to throw him the ball but we get more to him as the game goes along because he's you know because he's one of the best receivers in the league and he's imposing their will instead it's the other way around you know we're getting to the football we're getting him the football early and often in the beginning of the football game, he's making big plays. They know we're throwing it to him, but it doesn't matter. But in the second half, he's a ghost. You know, ended up with 96 yards receiving on five catches, and I think all but one of those catches was made in the first half. So I think he only made one reception in the second half, and uh, so there was that. Uh, bear up to Eddie Royal. Punt return for a touchdown to make the deficit a little bit better than it actually was, the 29-14 final score, and uh, made a few nice catches, uh, a nice little bubble screen that he turned into about a 19, 20-yard gain on, like on the second, third drive of the football game. You know, this is what a healthy Eddie Royal looks like. It's been nice to see uh, what we are missing out on uh, last year. And then finally, the only person worthy of it on the defensive side, Jarrell Freeman. Bear up to Jarrell Freeman. I would most definitely think he was our leading tackler once again. But not only um, was he our leading tackler, most likely, but he has been a beast in these first two games. 17 tackles last week against the Texans. Uh, plenty more again this week against the Eagles. He is absolutely everywhere, and when he gets there, he arrives pissed. You know, he almost took uh, Carson Wentz's grip cage off of him. Uh, when he blasted him on a on a delay blitz uh, in the second quarter, I believe it was uh, just a murderous hit, and you know, just one of those things where you heard me talk about knee jerk reaction. Uh, respect to uh, to Wentz for surviving that because that was a hell of a shot. You know, lesser men would not have gotten up uh, from that one. But uh, Freeman has been the one true bright spot on the defense so far, and worth every penny uh, that the Bears had to spend in order to get him uh, on our team. So. Um, Hope to see plenty more of that, especially since he is now uh, he is now the definite leader of the defense going forward, especially with Danny Trevathan going down for God knows how many weeks after the uh, the thumb surgery he's supposed to have 
uh, you know, that's going to keep him out of the lineup for a while. So that will do it for Bear Up and Bear Down. We will be back on Thursday with our preview of the Bears and the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. We hope to have Tom Ryle uh, from Blogging the Boys to talk about the Cowboys and the Bears matchup on Sunday night. Hopefully the technology will cooperate and will allow me to record the interview. If not, we will figure something else out. (laughs) So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that I have a guest for the first time in the regular season when we come back on Thursday. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.